Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hello there. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. My name is Jan Burt, and I am your host. And today I wanted to take a look at a verse from a book found in basically the middle of your Bible, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. And I'm going to read it from the Amplified. But before I read it, I just wanted to let you know that uh, I wrote the show notes. I kind of hashed some things out. When I write the show notes, I don't have a script that I follow. I'm sure you can tell by listening to me. I don't follow a script, but I do like to have a few ideas. Um, Pray over a verse quite a bit before I ever plan to talk about it, and then just sit and listen to the Lord, um, do some extra Bible study and a commentary and, and study Bibles and things, and then just make sure I I have some like rough outline some rough notes to follow so I don't hopefully rabbit trail too much when I actually record the podcast. But um, so hopefully this will be my only rabbit trail today. I'm going to try to go fast on this. Uh, So I wrote the notes for this, oh, I don't know, probably seven to 10 days ago. And this morning in my daily Bible reading time, my quiet time um, in a, a devotional and then in a book I was reading, both of those had pretty much the entirety of this passage from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. So I read this twice this morning and then sat down this afternoon and here it is again. Of course, I write several different show notes at different times and um, I don't even have an exact dated plan for what verse to talk about when. I really want to try and listen to the Lord on this. I don't want this to be man-made or manufactured or my agenda at all. So this is uh, where he wanted me to go today. So I sat down to read it and it was like, wow, Ecclesiastes 3 for a third time today. Okay. When the Lord does that in my life, this may or may not be true in your life, but in my life, when I have the same passage over and over again, the same day, or maybe even the same week, I really try to lean in and listen to what the Lord might be telling me. Um, In this case, I'm not totally sure what he's telling me. I'm still praying and listening, but this is a great passage, Ecclesiastes 3. You could read the whole uh, chapter. It's not very long, but it really can be very encouraging. It's a great reminder that no matter what season of life you find yourself in, God is also in that season with you that he ordained seasons, that there are times for everything in our lives and that there aren't big neglected like potholes in the road of life where God has just failed to show up for us or has forgotten us or hasn't managed to come back around and maintain something or prepare for something. No, that's just not true. There's a time for everything. And another great reminder from this chapter, Ecclesiastes 3, is that this too shall pass 
whether it's good or bad, it's going to pass. So really enjoy it if you're in a great life season. And then if you're in a rough one, just know it's not going to last forever. It just absolutely won't. So, okay, that is hopefully my only rabbit trail. And I'm going to read it from the amplified version. So I'll try to, I'll read it through once and then I'll come back around and make notes of the parts of the amplified that are um, in parentheses to give a little bit more explanation or clarity on certain words or parts of the verse. So Ecclesiastes 3.11 from the Amplified. He, and that means God, he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in the human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out, comprehend, grasp what God has done from the beginning to the end. Wow. Okay. Um, there's a lot here. So he has made everything beautiful in its time. That's really great to grab onto, first of all, because in its time, don't expect something to be beautiful before its time. If there's some part of your life that looks like it's anything but beautiful, please know that it is not too far gone for the Lord to grab hold of it and turn it into something beautiful. He He can take our ashes and make beautiful things out of them. He does it all the time. He has He's perfect at it, and we can trust him with the things that aren't beautiful in our lives just yet. But it says here he has also placed eternity in the human heart. And the extra little bit of um, explanation near that word eternity in the Amplified says a sense of divine purpose. So when you read this, and you think about eternity, it does absolutely apply to spending eternity with the Lord. He has placed an, an understanding in humans that there is more to living than just this life that we are encased in right now, if that makes sense. People have always asked the question, what happens when you die? Is this all there is? What's the meaning of life? Uh, that's those questions are there and resonate in human hearts around the world through all of time just because God put that sense of divine purpose inside of us. But that sense of eternity and that sense of divine purpose goes beyond too. That's why we say, what on earth am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing with my life? What's the point of any and all of this? Um, at sometimes we feel very fulfilled by certain things in a way that doesn't equal the task that we just accomplished. That sense of fulfillment can come only from a loving creator who made us on purpose for a purpose, right? And then that next part that says in the human heart, the human heart, it says a mysterious longing, which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. So two notes on those two words, human heart. It's not talking about, um, it's a human heart. It's talking about all of mankind, all of mankind. It's not talking about your physical heart that's beating in your chest, which you already know. It's talking about all of us. There's a mysterious longing in all of us. It cannot be satisfied except by God alone. And he put that there for a reason. He doesn't want us to miss him. He doesn't want us to miss him. He doesn't force our hand. He doesn't want a bunch of puppets running around worshiping him. We're not marionettes on a string and he's a great master puppeteer. It, that's not how this works. How this, this life works is he puts those things in the heart of every human born and he draws us with loving kindness to himself. He doesn't force us. 
But there's something in us that is always longing for that thing that only God can satisfy. So that's a little bit um, heady theologically, but nevertheless, if you've been walking with the Lord very long, I'm sure you know that this is absolutely true. I'm sure you've experienced things that point to the fact that there is a sense of divine purpose, a longing for eternity, a wondering, a hankering for what's more, and a desire for something that you just can't fully ever attain, no matter what you do. And then when you know the Lord, you see, ah, there's a, that space in my heart is Jesus-sized, and only Jesus can fit there perfectly, and only Jesus can fill it. So the next part of the verse says, Yet man cannot find out, comprehend, or grasp what God has done. Um, so I like that it just explains a little more, find out. It doesn't mean that we can't do research. It doesn't mean that we're all ignorant and we can't understand things. It just means God is so big and we are not God. We're not little demigods. There's no such thing, no matter how many Marvel movies they come out with. That's entertainment, but it's not truth. Um, you know, there are no, there's no force and Jedi powers. That stuff is, is entertainment, but it isn't truth. We are not able to comprehend or grasp everything that God is, or even very much of what God does. Nevertheless, the desire for understanding him better and knowing him more is there, and it's going to stay there because he's a relational God. He's all about relationships. He's never going to get you to a point where he says, okay, you can stop wanting to know me better. And he's never going to kind of give you a stamp of approval and say, okay, you've arrived and you have officially learned everything about me that there is to learn. Uh, we're not going to understand all of what God has done because it's just too much for us. It's just too much for us. It's like my tiny little brain would probably explode if I was trying to really understand everything that God has done for us. I just can't be done. Um, from the beginning to the end is the last part of that passage. I, I, I'm not going to be able to understand his total universal plan. I'm not going to be able to understand his total universal plan over my, my life, just my short little, you know, 70 years, however long I end up living, let alone grasping all of what he's trying to do through time and all eternity. So I can let that go. And at the same time, just know that he will give me enough knowledge and understanding to know what I need to do, know when I need to know it. And that's the Holy Spirit's role in my life and in your life. So if you are open to it, if you are um, and by open to it, I don't mean don't ever run around and say, I'm just going to be open to anything and everything. Don't do that. We don't open doors to our enemy, Satan. That's a bad idea. But stay open to the Holy Spirit teaching you more things about the Lord, about your life and circumstances, about the people that are in your, your sphere of influence, um, about his hopes and dreams for you. That's a good thing to stay open to. Don't get hardened by this verse, instead be encouraged by this verse and grab hold of the promise in it. So first of all, when I read those words in its time, first of all, the first thing I think when I see that he has made everything beautiful in its time, I really, those are not the most pleasant words for me to read because I immediately go to sort of the the dark side of those words and think, well, in its time, that means I'm, I'm going to be in a holding pattern. There's going to be more waiting. Um, it could be a very long time before this particular part of my life 
ends up being made beautiful. When can I see the beauty in it? I can't see it from here. And so I tend to look at them as sort of just, they they make me heavy in heart a little bit. And I have to make a decision to not be discouraged. And if you did not know this, if no one's ever told you that discouragement is a choice, I'm telling you today, you can choose not to be discouraged. You can turn it around and say, Rather than look at those words that way, I can look at it and say, thank you, Lord, for all of the things that you have already made beautiful in their time and that you're faithful and true. And I can count on the fact that in its time, this particular area will be made beautiful. I'm not going to try to rush it or manipulate it. I'm just going to let you make it beautiful in your time. And uh, and I'm going to praise you and thank you for it in advance and have a grateful heart and not be a grumbler and a complainer as I wait for your beauty to show up in this circumstance. Discouragement is a choice. We don't have to give into it. So if we can, if we can be totally honest, I hope I'm not the only one. You can be totally honest. You don't have to be honest with anybody else other than you and Jesus right now, but admit that there might be some area in your life where that in its time way of looking at things has elicited kind of a sense of, almost like heaviness and dread. Like when, when will this turn around? I don't know when this will turn around. We tend to want things to turn around quickly and we want a guarantee. We want some assurance. We just want to know this is going to turn around quickly. It's going to work out well. This is not going to last. And while those things, it's not going to last. That's true. That whole quickly thing is just relative. It's just relative. What's quick for me is probably not quick for somebody else. And The way that I determine quickness is certainly not the way God determines quickness. The fruit of the Spirit, one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience, and I need to be patient. Another one is long-suffering. If I'm going to be long-suffering, I have to be willing to stop being like temperamental, like a little toddler and wanting what I want right now, and learn to grow up a little bit and realize that when you're a little kid, if if somebody says, if mom and dad say, well, you go do this, and then I have a dollar for you after you do your chore, you run right back in and you want the dollar. You get a little older as maybe a middle school or a teenager, you know that you do your list of chores or whatever, and then your allowance comes later. You get your first part-time job and you do the work now, and the allowance comes later. As an adult, you know that every time you set aside that receipt and mark it as a whatever it might be for your tax return, you know you're not going to get a tax return today, if I document something in January, I'm not getting a tax, I'm not getting a benefit, a payback from that on my tax return until the following February or March. And so that's part of growing up. We don't want to stay toddlers in our thinking and understanding and reasoning with the Lord about spiritual things. And we don't want to look at things in our physical world as one way, but then assume that we can be presumptuous and kind of immature and maybe even bratty and temperamental and just whiny and snivelly at times in our spiritual walk because of course some things just take time and that's not necessarily a bad thing and that's one of the things I take comfort in when I read through the list of the fruits of the spirit that have been laid out for us it's a real blessing to know that the holy spirit will help me with these things and also to know that's that's God's goal for me 
to grow in my patience, to become more long-suffering. That's how I can work toward not being a toddler, an immature, and a baby who is still drinking milk. I need to grow up and crave spiritual food. So that's what I have to tell myself when I see those words, in its time. It's totally fine, Jan, if in its time isn't in the next five minutes, in the next five days, maybe not even the next five years. It's totally okay. God is good. He's on the throne. He's not going to be moved. God is good. There's, um, wow, hard words in this one verse, hard words. But, you know, Jesus said that hard teachings were part of his kingdom. It, it isn't like he, you know, when his disciples said, this is a hard teaching, Jesus didn't say, oh, let me soften it up for you. Um, he, he really, but he loves us too much to tell us that things are going to be something that they're not going to be. Don't be afraid if the word of God comes at you sometimes and it seems like it's a hard teaching. Don't be afraid. You're in good company. The disciples, when Jesus was in the flesh on the earth, they said that to him. And um, among his, his 12 disciples, of course, there was a much broader group at one point of hundreds who followed him. And there were a lot of them who turned back after a hard teaching. We don't want to be those who shrink back. We want to be those who, in spite of what it looks like, in spite of a hard teaching, in spite of what might people might be saying, you need to wise up, you need to face the facts, you need to look at reality, this is an impossible situation, in spite of those types of things, we want to be people who say, we're not going anywhere, Jesus. To whom else would we go? You hold the keys to life. You hold the keys to the kingdom. You hold the keys to eternity. I'm not going anywhere. Hard teaching or not, I'm not going anywhere. You're the man. You're it. I'm dedicated and devoted to you, and I'm not going anywhere in spite of what might be a hard teaching. So if, what are we, what's, what's here that we want to grab hold of then? Well, of course, that word beautiful is worth grabbing hold of. Listen, listen, if God says everything as in every single thing will be, will be made beautiful in its time, I, I'm not really willing to just settle for my own version of beautiful, right? I don't know if that makes sense or not, or if anybody else knows what I'm talking about. But when, when I get an idea of what a beautiful outcome to a situation might look like, And then when I wait and God does something else in his timing, I am always floored by how much better his version of beautiful is and how many different facets of my life and the lives of other people are impacted by his version of beautiful. And my version of beautiful can be pretty self-absorbed, pretty self-centered. There's not a lot of room for self-centeredness in the kingdom of God. Jesus did not come and live and minister and die and be resurrected and send us his Holy Spirit to be our counselor and to give us everything that we need for every moment of every day of our life until we go be with the Lord. He didn't do all of that so that I could be self-centered and self-absorbed, so that you could be more self-focused and less Jesus-focused. You know, John the Baptist's words, I must decrease, and he, meaning Jesus, he must increase, those are absolutely foundational words for the life of every believer who is being sanctified, who wants to be called a saint. 
right? And that's really what we are. We're not sinners anymore. We're under the blood. I'm not saying we don't sin. We do sin, but we cannot be classified as those outside of the kingdom. We're in the kingdom. So we're, we need to be saying, I'm, I'm a saint. I'm, I am sanctified. I am moving forward with the Lord. I'm not sanctified. I'm being sanctified. I want to correct that there. I'm being sanctified. He has not abandoned me because it's not possible for him to abandon me. He's engraved me on the palms of his hands. Uh, the book of Timothy, I think it's First Timothy chapter 2, says that even if we are faithless, he will remain faithful for he cannot disown himself. Those kinds of verses remind me and hopefully remind you that I can really dial in on things like this and say, I don't want my own version of beautiful and I don't want to be self-absorbed. I want yours. I want yours. Whatever your version of beauty is in this situation, however long it takes, and whoever else it involves, that's what I want because that's better. And I always want to choose the best over what's convenient, over what's comfortable. I want to choose the best. And the best is not really going to be just about me, myself, and I. Okay. So I'm going to get off that because I'm starting to feel a little bit preachy and I definitely am much more interested in sharing the word of God and talking about the word of God and encouraging people than seeming super duper preachy. That's just not really what I think my role is. So, so God's version of or definition of beauty, we all can admit and all can agree it's probably going to be different than ours, but, but by faith, we can make that decision that we're just going to believe in his vision, his version of beautiful. That's, wow, it's worth it. It's so worth it. I just encourage you, if there's something right now that comes to mind that you're, that you're like, I'm just so ready for this to change or be done, can you just pray and ask the Lord to soften your heart so that you are much more comfortable with his version of beautiful and his timing? Because it will be made beautiful in his time. God has promised it. And it's absolutely, God can't lie. So there's no way this promise won't come to pass for you. It's absolutely impossible that this will prove untrue. So when it says here that God has planted eternity in the human heart, I, um, I think that word planted is kind of, um, gosh, what a great word. He could have used any wording there, but he said planted. That's a powerful choice of words. And there aren't mistakes when God shares something with us through his word, it's not a mistake. It's not, um, uh, it isn't, it isn't like he said, well, any old word will do. I mean, this is God and this is his love letter to each of us as individuals and corporately as his dearly beloved children. This is one of the means that he so wants people to be reached through. Think about people who um, don't know the Lord. And have you ever met anybody who just started to read the Bible just to almost prove that it wasn't true? And then they gave their life to Jesus because they just couldn't believe how how this wasn't a book. They thought it was just a book and that they could work their way through it and kind of debunk things here and there and find some discrepancies and all that kind of stuff. And they ended up in the kingdom. That's amazing. So God has chosen the exact words to go into this book, not by accident. So that word planted, he's planted eternity in the human heart. That's a powerful choice of words. He is literally taking something and putting it down deep inside in the dark area and hopefully good soil because the heart 
is when Jesus talks about the parable of the sowers and the seeds, the soil is always the soil of the heart. The only difference, the difference isn't the seed in that parable. The difference isn't the seed. The difference is the soil where the seed fell. And God plants eternity down deep in the soil of our hearts so that it can later come to fruition. He's patient. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how much he kind of like just trusts us with? It's incredible. He doesn't force our hand. He doesn't make us a bunch of of minions. He just lets us choose. It's incredible. He plants it. And then we know that he does uh, what only he can do, which is to water and fertilize what he planted in the heart of every single person on this planet. But if it's been planted inside of you, that sense of divine purpose, God is going to grow it if you let him grow it. Your longing for eternity, your longing for the Lord should not lessen the longer you walk with him. It should grow like a plant that continues to kind of grow up, so to speak. Okay. Um... Let's see. I also want to think about what eternity means and and that we already kind of talked about the divine sense of purpose. Um, Look, this is, that is, that is foundational for us as believers to know that there's something more than just the right now. There's something more than this nonsense you're going through at work, than this particular health struggle, than this new bill that, that you weren't expecting that your car broke down, that maybe you're, um, you're not dating anybody right now and you wish you were. Those are all very important. And if they're important to you, they're important to the Lord. Trust me, they are. But this sense of eternity needs to be bigger than those types of things. We, we, need, to, we need to recognize that part of that longing in us that doesn't get fulfilled when there's money in the bank, when our health is good, when we're married to the person that we know the Lord wanted us to marry when we have however many children, when our friendships are great and our hobbies are great and the car is running great and it's all just great. There's still something there. Eternity has been placed in our hearts. There's something more for us to be thinking about. And for you, I don't exactly know what the the thing is that you would like to see fixed that you might be kind of thinking is what's going to make things feel better in your life. But I just want to tell you from um, an older person, middle-aged lady who has lived through a variety of things, it doesn't work that way. There's, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy the blessings God gives. You absolutely can. But you're still going to find that sense of, hmm, this still isn't quite all there is. It's going to be there because we just need to keep getting to know our Savior better and better so that when we step into eternity to be with him forever, we're ready. And the only way we really get ready to go there and be with him forever is by getting to know him better and longing for that day to come on an ever increasing basis. Eternity has been set in your heart, whether you know it or not. It's been set there. God put it there. And so that desire is going to always be there until you're with him because the desire is to ultimately be with him forever. And so, of course, that longing cannot be met in this life. So be thankful for your blessings, enjoy your blessings, but know that if you're in a season where you have some things that um, you really would like to be blessed in areas, you would like to see some things made beautiful in their time, recognize, just take it, take it from me and how many other people have said this, you're still going to have that longing 
that deepest longing, because that's, that's for the Lord alone, and only he can satisfy it. He put it there, he planted it there, and he alone can satisfy it. It's really a pretty amazing thing if you think about it. To be loved so much that out of all of his creation, you are one that he wants to spend time and all eternity with. And he will put something inside of you to make you constantly seek after that missing thing, which is, of course, him. That's incredible. And he does it for those who don't know him and for those who do know him. You're not off the hook when you know the Lord. You should keep wanting to know him better and better. That desire should not go away. It really should get stronger as you get closer to spending eternity with the Lord. And we also don't know when our last day will be. So let's let's be about the business of talking to the Lord about wanting to be with him forever and eternity. Um, not as something that like, I hope I can get the most out of this life and then I'll go on to that life. Just say, Lord, whatever you have for me in this life, that's great. I want everything you have for me. I don't want anything you don't have for me. But make me on a daily basis even more ready to spend time with you, even if it it seems like I didn't get everything I wanted to get or should have gotten or deserved or that everybody else got in this life. Let me be ready at any moment to come and spend the next life with you. Okay. Um, I think probably because I've been talking for a while, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there. But I just want you to bear in mind that it's, it's okay if those longings seem to be almost beyond you and that you don't even totally know what you're longing for at times. When this, in the Amplified here, when it says it's a mysterious longing, it means it. It's mysterious. Number one, there's God is mysterious. God is mysterious. Don't let that put you off. Instead, let it, let it be a way that draws you to him as you say, okay, I'm going to embrace the mystery of walking with God and see that as a really cool thing that I get to be a part of, that there's some uh, layers there, that it's okay if there's an uncovering process that kind of goes on and on. This is part of the gift that the Lord has for me. And then I also want to tell you, uh, number two, when it comes to mysterious, um, yeah, that's, boy, I'm not even sure exactly how I want to say this. It's like in my heart, and sometimes it can be hard to put into words. I'm a wordy person, so um, for me to not have words is, is probably sounds ridiculous. But that mysterious longing, please don't let that drive you to a place where you get down, where you get blue, discouraged, maybe even depressed. Please don't let that mysterious longing be a negative thing in your life. May it just be a positive thing. Just Even if just for today... You can recognize that that sort of empty feeling, and this is that time of year. It's January, Christmas is done, and if you're coming up on Valentine's Day and maybe you don't have a significant other, you know, there could be a sense of loneliness. There's no leaves on the trees. It's kind of gloomy outside, uh, more days than sunny at this time of year. Look, this is a time of year to very easily kind of go, ugh, about life, but don't do that. Instead, say, Lord, let me just embrace the mystery that is you and let me see the longing that I have for something that I don't even quite know what it is as one of the ways that you are speaking to me and calling to me and desiring for me to get to know you better and make me long for heaven in a way that I have not longed for heaven thus far. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up right there. 
And I will try to get a couple of more podcasts done this week or next week, but my husband is having surgery tomorrow, and I will not want to be talking loudly into a microphone in the next room when he is recovering from surgery. So I may not get back to this until next week, which um, I think... If you think of it, please pray for him in the surgery. His surgeon told us it could be a three-day recovery or a six-month recovery. He won't know until he gets in there. So obviously we're praying for a a three-day recovery and for just a, a whole new kind of way of living that improves my husband's quality of life as a result of this. So if you pray for that, I appreciate it. <clears throat> excuse me, very much. It will be a blessing to him as well. So I will be back with some more episodes soon. Um, In the meantime, if you leave me a review or share any of these episodes that have blessed you, that helps to move me up in iTunes, which I guess decides where they place my podcast permanently. And iTunes, Apple Podcasts kind of rules the podcast world as crazy as that sounds. So thank you for listening. Lord bless you. And I pray that you just have a wonderful day. And in the show notes too, I'm going to write a little something about an opportunity I have if anybody might be interested in, um, in taking advantage of it. So I just want to kind of do a, a little bit of a more of a deep dive on God's promises, some specific ones. And um, if you listen to this, I assume you're interested in what God's promises to you are. So I'll be talking about that a little bit in the show notes and just really have a wonderful day and know that anything that's not beautiful in your life right now, the time is coming soon. Well, it, it will be made beautiful because God said it will be. Thanks so much. Lord bless you. See you next time. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.